Howdy y'all and welcome to Liberty Libations number 32, The Nuclear Option. My name is Jay Green, joined by Zach Barnell and Zane Placey. Um, soon to be joined by Nick Soselski um, whenever he gets his butt in gear. Um, let's start out by saying thank y'all for joining. Thank y'all for watching. Thank y'all for subscribing or actually subscribe to the podcast. Subscribe. Uh, this is actually a podcast now. We're on Apple, Spotify, all your regular podcast platforms. We're on Rumble, Odyssey, YouTube, um, Facebook, Twitter, all the above. So wherever you like to consume your content, um, we're there. Uh-oh, Robert says, echo, echo, echo. It's probably because, uh, there we go. How's that? Is that better, Robert? Because Zach was the only one not wearing uh, headphones. wonder if he means there's nobody in chat. Oh, he might. Maybe. No, I think there was some echo. Oh, well, never mind. Echo. Joining the stream is Hodor. <laughs> He's still working on his audio and video. Um, yeah, also, to uh, let's see. We got a shout out Osprey Shooting Solutions and Edgar Mills. Um, they're sponsoring this episode. Um, we're having a, do you have a link to the range day, Zach? You have that up and up and going. Yeah, I'll get that. Sweet. Uh, LP Georgia and Osprey shooting solutions are doing a range day at, at their, at their facilities. Um, I forget exactly where that is, which as soon as that gets it pulled up, we'll, Rome. It's in Rome, Georgia. It's in Rome, Georgia. Um, and yeah, as soon as, as soon as we get that up, I'll tell you when and where. <laughs> but we, uh, he hosted one of these last year and it went really well. Everybody learned a lot. There were people there who weren't part of the Libertarian Party and it was just a grand old time. Let's see, July 29th. It's a Saturday. Points. If you show up with a 3D printed gun, Edgar loved that last time. <laughs> okay, bonus points if you show up with a 3D printed gun. I'm not sure what those points go to, but uh, you get them. You know, you can keep those points. However, the points long don't matter. Okay, they're the meaningless point. and they don't matter. Okay, perfect. So no need to show up with a 3D printed gun. <laughs> Except if you want bonus points. <laughs> <laughs> you can apply the points to trivia if you're ever a guest on the show there we go there we go um yeah so edgar mills um he's a friend of the show friend of the party he is hosting this range day um his company is osprey shooting solutions it's saturday july 29th 11 a.m to 3 p.m um out in rome georgia um, I'm seeing more and more ads from uh, his Southern Ornithological League show up on my Facebook. Nice. That's awesome. <laughs> I love it. We're, we're trying to promote some of that as well on, on some of the podcasts because I think it's I think it's important, you know, for, for people to know how to I do it. still a lot down there. I, his his uh, situational awareness class looks really interesting to me. Mm -hmm. I was down there. I'd sign up for that. Even his land navigation one sounds interesting. Although that would probably be a, Ooh, that's a doozy. I bet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think he's got some ones that are pretty hardcore, um, which would be really, really fun. Um, yeah. I was listening to your latest episode of the free Georgia podcast 
where you were advertising for his um, special operations training, which mm. sounds really fun. I could never go to it because it would just expose how much of a lightweight I am. But <laughs> it does sound like a really great experience. Well, I mean, I think the point is to convert you from a lightweight to a less than, more than lightweight, medium weight, because it definitely wouldn't get you to weight. Oh, well, you got to get Zane a. Uh... Got to get you an AR next, Zane. <laughs> I've embarked on building my next ones already. Nice. I caught a, I caught a discount for my birthday the other the other day. So um, for Midway, and they had some uh, lowers for a decent discount. So I snagged like three lower receivers, nice. two AR-15s and an AR-9. So like I'm gonna build some fun stuff. Gotta love those Fourth of July sales. We uh we did the same thing. We bought well, not guns, but we took advantage of of some outdoor equipment, like uh, outdoor camping stoves and stuff like that for the Fourth of July sales. So, oh, how was everybody's Fourth of July? Did y'all have what y'all do? I was up in uh in Michigan, uh like last Wednesday to came back on the third, uh, so kind of spent the week before the Fourth of July up there and just like hung out and you know had a lake house. And, um, you know, we went out to Lake Michigan and booked the charter and went fishing out there and caught some salmon and stuff. So, heck yeah, that sounds fun stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I tried out uh, tried out fly fishing for the first time ever. That was an adventure. Did you catch anything? I caught absolutely nothing. Uh, I didn't get a nibble. One guy caught one fish and that was it. And but it ended up getting away, so he didn't even end up catching it. So <laughs> yeah, and then like our my fishing off the uh, off the dock at the at the house we rented was basically just bluegill, 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 and then my dad, uh, you know, throws in a line, and uh, throughout the course of that, ends up catching two pike out of that area. <laughs> All like, right, yeah, Zane, so. what'd you do? Did you have a good fourth? Yeah, I was uh, in Ohio, which before you tell me it doesn't exist. Um, it doesn't. I'll just preempt that. But thanks uh, <laughs> to my family. And um, the day before the fourth, um, my uncle had bought some fireworks. And it was kind of funny how all of the men were just standing around where the fireworks were being launched, trying to figure out how to do it. And all of the wives were just telling their husband to step away from the fireworks. And why were they doing that? And let somebody else do it. <laughs> well, that's a good time, I guess. <laughs> Nobody lost any fingers. So. That's good. I saw somebody's house burned down um, from fireworks online. Sweet. So. Yeah, they, they, uh, accidentally set them off in the garage and lit the whole place on fire <laughs> that's the right place to set them off yeah it's, it's fantastic i wonder how like what are the stats on that like how many people lose their houses how many people lose limbs i bet it's quite a few i bet it's more than what you'd think and definitely way more than than um way less than what you'd ex- what you'd hope <laughs> way less than what you'd hope Way more than what you'd hope. That's my bad. I was trying to I was trying to figure out the wording of that and I messed it up. All right. Zach, let's get into the first story of the night. I think it's that first bookmark um, that I sent okay. you. The Yeah. So by the way, the Second Amendment range day link to on the top of lpgeorgia.com. That's the best way to get to it. There we go. Go to lpgeorgia.com and there's a link at the top. 
Here's our first story of the day. Ukraine Zelensky warns of possible Russian sabotage at nuclear plant. So this was Nick. This was Nick's suggestion. Um, Nick, what yes. are your suspicions with this? Well, uh, just like Russia blowing up the dam that supplies the water to Crimea and all, and is under their control, and Russia blowing up their pipeline that they control, it makes total sense that they might want to sabotage the nuclear plant that they currently control. Also, you know, <laughs> it just just logic is just perfectly in line there, right? I mean, it makes so, sense if if they've been doing that all along. Clearly, they're trying not to act in their own best interest. Um, so it would it would be logical and reasonable to expect them to do this, right? So uh, this started a couple of days ago, and I don't know if you saw the the uh, picture that's been uh, flying around, but um, there was a. I'm trying to find it. Let me. I'll read it because this was like a 4chan post. Um, that I saw that was that I that was my first uh, thing. Now I think it's I think it's you know just someone starting rumors, and I don't think there's anything to it actually. But um, yeah, someone claimed to be a member of whatever of uh, I have no clue something or other, and that they <laughs> uh, they had inside information that they were going to start this, and we were going to. Um, and it was going to be like a reliable source to me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, let me run this back. I've seen it posted a couple of places. I'm seeing what I can pull up here. Um, I know it's somewhere and I saw it recently. It's just where I well, saw it. Is kind of while you're, while you're finding it, I'm going to play this video right here from the ever reliable CNN.com title. Ukraine warns Russia might attack the Zaporz whatever Zaporizhia. Okay, Zaporizhia <laughs> nuclear power plant. How worried should we be? Come on, play internet. I want to put up pictures again of the Zaporizhia nuclear power plant. How much of a disaster would it be from a strategic standpoint if Russia did sabotage this plant? Well, well, thank you, John. Well, this would be a huge disaster um, operationally and strategically. I mean, it's uh, in, there's a, some of the richest farmland in the world is within 50 to 100 mi miles of this facility, the largest nuclear power plant in Europe. And that is incredibly uh, impactful on the world food supply, potentially, not to mention, of course, the threat to loss of life and whatnot. So this is why the International Atomic Energy Commission has got to absolutely step up, get inspectors on there and, and confirm or deny the state of the situation there. The other thing I think that's being pointed out by op operations on the ground is that retaking Zaporizhia is a high priority for this Ukrainian counteroffensive. So they, too, need to step it up. Um, Vladimir Putin is desperate. We saw what he did, uh, his reaction to the, the, the recent uh, Wagner Group defection. Um, he's be becoming increasingly uh, vulnerable internally. And so there's no limit to what this desperate man might very well do. He's already taken out the dam that has a potential to impact some of those six reservoirs that Scott just pointed out and the facility. Because this is uh, this, uh, Zaporizhia is a pressurized water reactor 
Chernobyl was a graphite moderated reactor. What that means is they need water. They need water and cooling towers and containment facilities. And all those things are made out of concrete. And, you know, and weapons of war can take down those, those concrete uh, structures. So um, this is a, a grave threat. And we need to step it up with the International Atomic Energy Commission and operationally on the ground. Genius. Wow. Even mentioned the dam. I mean, he's what just a towering nailing, intellect. He's just nailing it from every aspect. <laughs> First of all, has any news anchor ever brought on an expert to ask them whether or not we should be worried about something? And the expert replies, no, it's not really that big of a deal. Don't worry about it. <laughs> no. But the, 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 the other thing is that, like, they're trying to claim that Putin is both extremely desperate and... Um, like a force that could retake all of Europe and rebuild the Soviet Union. Like he's both a bumbling idiot that's um, <laughs> that that can't handle uh, internal rebellions against him, and we have to continue expanding NATO because he's so dangerous. Like him bringing up the Wagner Group rebellion—that was a huge nothing burger. Like that was like two dozen people that ran off to Belarus after two days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was they, like, they they like a quick drive to uh, whatever city it was. They drove there and then they were like, Oh, all right, we're going back. Yeah, that was. Yeah. The, so... the media does try to make him out to be super desperate. Like he's not winning the war, but then also that if he advanced just a little bit more, he's basically taking over all of Europe and remaking the USSR or some crap like that. Like it's, it makes no sense. It's logically inconsistent. And not even, I mean, it's not even feasible, logically. So, I saw, this was posted on July 2nd. I saw it on July 3rd. Um, it's a little out of date at this point, but it's uh, it's a 4chan post, and it reads, I am a lurker, and we'll get straight to the point. This is not a happening, in capitals and quotes and exclamation points. Thread, this is 100% real. On July 4th or 5th, the United States will bomb the Zaporizhia power plant located near the city of Enerhodar in southern Ukraine. I don't care anymore, and I will be 100% honest with you guys. I am a Marine Corps infantry veteran who is now working for the United States government in electronic espionage and have been for the last five years. The Ukrainian government and the United States government are working together in order to bomb the Zaporizhia plant and blame the nuclear meltdown on Russia, thus giving us immediate authority to use tactical nuclear warheads on Moscow, Novosibirsk, Kazan, and Omsk. This will trigger the Russians to throw everything they have back at the U.S. Thunderstorms are likely in Enerhodar, Ukraine on the 4th. So that is the only reason it may be pushed to the 5th. You have 72 hours maximum to prepare for nuclear war. Hopefully 96 if the Russians are slow to respond. And we have all been told to stay home and prepare. We have been given $15,000 bonuses each to buy survival supplies and if necessary. And our offices in Yorkville, Virginia, have been closed down permanently. So this is a define, this is a define, not a conspiracy theory. Please prepare, guys. I love you all, and I will happily reply to any questions you have. So that's the first thing that I, that came to my attention on like the third, and of course I called bullshit on it because, you know, it doesn't well, seem it's the sixth now credible source. <laughs> yeah, right. It's, it's so the sixth. He was at uh, least wrong with happened. that, but um, right. It also made its ways around, but. You know, not long after that, they started the the drums of in the main in the uh, corporate press about 
oh, Russia's going to tear, you know, Russia's going to sabotage this, Russia's going to sabotage it. So it was a little bit um, interesting to see that, you know, this weird post popped up and then you're starting to see the the propaganda machine starting to work, that Russia's going to do this, Russia's going to do this. Um, Mm -hmm. And beyond just them saying, oh, Russia's doing this, I've seen news article saying oh they've planted stuff on the roof they've they've been planting bombs around there <laughs> blah 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 um you know an article i read did say that the uh that inspectors at their last inspection which apparently wasn't too long ago it said that they hadn't seen anything to indicate sabotage but yeah um, i mean it, it's it seems ridiculous to predict these kinds of things if you don't know what's going to happen. Um, like why, why didn't they already bomb it? Why didn't they already do something with it? Why didn't they already sabotage it? Why, what are they waiting for? What would be the, like, what would be the advantage of waiting till you are in control of it to sabotage it? What, like, why? Well, as a wise man once said, predictions are very difficult, especially about the future. (laughs) That's a very wise man. That's a very wise man. Yeah, I don't know. It uh, it does seem very similar to the dam, very similar to the Nord Stream pipeline. Um, I guess it's just a wait and see kind of thing because nothing has happened. So, you know, there's really nothing. To I like the most on. unbelievable part was where they gave him fifteen thousand dollars. That would never happen. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a dead giveaway. That never happened. Fifteen grand? Come on, it's like. What was it? Six hundred during the pandemic. <laughs> yeah, right. Or, the government employees get extra, extra money or something. I don't know. Did or they? Take care of Two thousand would go out the door immediately when he was elected, and then they're right. like, "Just kidding! It's fourteen hundred or something." <laughs> but, <laughs> Did government employees get more money than regular citizens uh, during the lockdowns and stuff? Do we know that? If, do we do we know if that's a thing? No, no, no. They didn't for that but i'm saying if something were to happen government employees would be getting you know dipping into a uh they'd be getting paid out quicker well government employees i don't know but definitely some of the higher ups i mean definitely people in like the senate and cia and stuff like that but i don't so like i don't think your local dmv worker is going to (laughs) be is going to be getting more money (laughs) right I was. I just wanted to bring that post to the attention because that was the first time I had heard anything about these speculations of a uh, sabotage at the power plant, and then all of a sudden I saw that, which I, which I was immediately was like, all right, this is kind of bullshit. I, you know, mm. uh, extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence, right? But then I started seeing the war, the propaganda machine spinning up, and I went, ah, maybe there's yep. something to this. Oh, Maybe yeah. Someone's just paying a little bit more attention than everyone else and calling it way ahead of time. And like, I know, you know, someone who's going to be like, well, I know my timing's off. So I'm just going to, you know, stir up shit now and, and say that, you know, say something ridiculous. But in a couple months, when it comes back around, though, then I, then I can say, well, I was right. I was just early. 15, 15K is a dozen eggs. <laughs> yeah, that's about right. That's the rest of As the resident optimist on the show, I feel like I need to point out that I don't see how it would benefit the U.S. regime to cause a nuclear war intentionally. Like, I could see how there are such idiots that they might lead us in the one by accident. 
But right. if the claim is that they're trying to provoke us into one on purpose, I mean, that in the event of nuclear war, their amount of power go and standard of living goes down drastically. So I don't think that the assumption should be that that's what they want. Why? They get the I bunkers while you. you get the radiation. Yeah, yeah but I, would you rather live in a mansion or in a bunker? <laughs> I mean... If, I agree with Zane, but there's like yeah. they think that they can win a limited tactic or like a tactical nuclear war. They don't think like, hey, we'll have to, you know, engulf the world in flames, but that they can hit some spots and decapitate and it'll be over with. And I think the they're horribly wrong, but yeah, the they think they can win one. Ridiculous. Like the the odds of you being able to take out all the places that can conceivably launch a nuclear weapon back at you are so slim. Like there's just no there's not a chance in hell. Like we would get well, bombed to shreds. As early well as, on, like, we talked about on the show the dead hand system, didn't we? What's the dead hand like, system? When somebody like, when somebody dies and it launches the nukes or whatever. Well, just if they can't contact Moscow, then right. you know, after so long, everything gets launched because they assume that everyone's <laughs> dead there. So. Grumpy makes the best <laughs> the best case for nuclear war. <laughs> In the case of a nuclear war, I'm not going to pay taxes anymore. Wow, well, that's funny, but you know point. people will. You know, people still will. The government needs it now more than ever. You know, that's what that's their reasoning. You know, the government was obliterated. Our country was obliterated. We have to give the government money to to fix the fix the nuclearized country. You just got to stay home, stay safe. Two weeks to flatten the radiation. <laughs> that's exactly what it'll be. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like the any any entertainment in your brain of like entertaining some type of tactical nuclear war is idiotic in my opinion, because it's just going to escalate the, the whole thing with world war two is that we were the only ones that had it. So it couldn't escalate anymore. But as soon as you launch one at somebody and it, it takes out a city or, you know, part of a city, it's like people are going to launch them from everywhere. It's, it's it's nobody's going to be, Looking at it, being like, "Oh, that only killed twenty thousand people. No big deal." <laughs> right? That's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, I just, I just don't get it. It's, it doesn't make any sense to me. Um, anybody got any anything else on this topic before we move on? Um, don't no, listen to Four Chan. Yeah. But Don't listen to 4chan or CNN. They're equally reliable. Yeah. <laughs> How close are you to your uh, your local uh, missile silo, Jake? They're out your it, way. The nearest one is about 45 miles. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It's in uh, Great, it was... Great Falls, um, which is about 45 miles north northeast. Okay. Um, the Dakotas have it. Nebraska, you know, flat states. Got to have that nuclear sponge, but yeah, there's there's a lot of people moving to to Great Falls. Um, that's where the Minutemen are. Um, there's there's a lot of government jobs happening in Great Falls, so it seems like something's happening there. Um, they've increased like public housing there by like fifteen thousand um, for the next for starting this year, leading into next year. Um, so something's happening in Great Falls. Interesting. Plus, a lot of subs have these 
So it's like if anyone thinks they can decapitate another country before they launch it, like all they have to do is surface a submarine and launch one. It's like, are you going to be able to take out an entire submarine fleet before they can react? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's ridiculous. All right. Uh, let's go to the France bill. Um, Zach, mm. France passes bill to allow police remotely activate phone camera, microphone, and spy on people. Um, yeah. You want to talk about a dystopian future. Like, they don't they don't have to come physically forcibly put a camera in your house or a microphone in your house like they did in 1984 that you literally bring it into your house in this scenario voluntarily. And uh, I mean, the, the repercussions of this, that's not, uh, it does not bode well for the people of France, especially considering they're the seems to be the most prone to protesting and taking to violence in the streets. So um, I don't know. What are your initial thoughts on this thing? I mean, the fact that they are so prone to protesting makes it seem like it might turn out okay for them in the end if they protest long and hard enough. Yeah, but I feel like you th it's easier to find the instigators of that now if they can tap into all the phones. But I don't know. Maybe maybe they could before. Like Grumpy, Grumpy says our government has been doing this for years. Yes. Yes, they have. But did they pass a bill? Like, did they actually I mean, make it a law? France is just like doing it in the open. A, whether or not it's a law, I almost feel like it's irrelevant if they are going to do it anyway. Yeah, I'm, I'm picturing saying. this being like in the uh, in the Dark Knight, where he's got access to all the microphones and uses it to create a picture of the whole city and find Joker. Oh, that's definitely that's how thing. I. That's for Nolan called it. Yep. <laughs> now, like, my, I I understand your point, Zane, but my point is that it's gotten to the point where the people who the officials who represent the people are now okay with making represent. this a law. Like that, yeah, that they, having them hide it. probably don't even know that it's in there. Like they don't read any of this stuff. That's true. Uh, yeah, that, that's, Somebody that probably titled it the Liberty and Freedom Act, and all they read was the <laughs> title. Yeah. And then the lobbyists came in and made a uh, made a maximum donation and said, hey. You know, I think you should support the Liberty and Freedom Act. Yeah. So I guess the question is, is it better if it's out in the open, like France is going to be doing it, but then it could become part of like official government processes. Right. Like, oh, we spy on this person. We activate the camera, or the microphone under these circumstances. Or like in our country where they just do it illegally and, you know, don't admit to it. So I don't know that there's any difference there. Well, well, I, I, I think they don't do it. They don't do it. They rely on British intelligence to do it so that they can then yeah. report it. Look, back I, the... I, I do think there's a difference, though. Like, I, I don't think there's a difference in the actual physical action. Like, it's it's good to know that it's like for people like us, it's good to know that this thing is happening. But for people who aren't politically inclined or activists or whatever you want to call us, like who don't seek liberty and try to spread liberty and freedom like they're just going to over time accept this and it's going to lead to worse and worse things like at least when it when like snowden revealed what the what the nsa was doing at least there was outrage and like moral outcry from every citizen in the united states and now people will just take it as yeah they are i have nothing to hide 
you know, that dumb argument. Yeah. It's like all that progress that Snowden helped achieve has been erased completely. Yeah. But, you know, maybe not among libertarians. We're still there, but maybe always were. But like the left who was outraged when Bush did all of this is now rooting for it. And like you're a crazy conspiracy theorist if you're not in favor of it. Yeah, it is. It is very depressing that that's kind of where we're at. It's isn't it weird, like no matter what it seems over the last 50 years, libertarians are always conspiracy theorists and nut jobs. <laughs> like, but we've gotten like everything right. I don't I, I just don't understand how it continues to be that way. Is it just because the left and the right are that powerful that they can just completely like screw yeah. with the They're... perception of libertarians? I mean, they're good there's at no, seeing a parade no and then right. jumping in front of it and acting like they're leading it, even though they mm. weren't. So, mm. yeah, that is good. Um, let's see, Zach. There's another one. Uh, it's an Instagram, the WTF Portland News on Instagram one. Uh, try to pull that one up because this, this one? is no, no. They're not in order. It's not in order. Go, oh, yeah. Go. yeah, it's uh, it's the one that says WTF. Um, Portland news. Nope. <laughs> Pull them up in order. So, yeah, that's fair. Oh, here it I, is. I okay. get it. That one. Please look at camera for entry. So what we're looking at is somebody trying oh, to walk into a convenience store. There's a camera above the door. You have to stand <laughs> on a mat in front of the door where shoes, an image of shoes are, and you have to look straight up at the camera. And if it recognizes you as not a threat, it will unlock. I mean, I, mean, I can kind of understand where they're coming from. It, it, since they're in a jurisdiction that's, you know, not prosecuting shoplifting at all. Like it, that's a fair point. I mean, there, yeah. there, there are definitely two sides to this. It is a private business. Um, Portland is a hellhole. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I totally understand that argument for sure. Like if it was my private business, I would definitely have extensive security. Um, right. I'd be checking IDs to make sure no one in Ohio from Ohio got in. <laughs> <laughs> but if Ohio doesn't exist, then no one from Ohio can, can get in. Next. Exactly. So they'd be lying to me if they said they were from Ohio. <laughs> Oof. Yeah. you got an airtight argument. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I don't know. Something about this was really creepy to me. Um, yeah. I don't like where, where's that database? What is that database? Are they, is it like privately on their servers? I would, I would bet not. I bet it has. To on do AWS. I guarantee it's on either on AWS or I mean, yeah, probably it's probably AWS. Yeah. yeah um, he uses AWS. That's it's half the you know half the police force has all their crap on AWS. I mean, even though you could come up with valid reasons like oh Portland sucks, crime's out of control, we need this, but it's not like yeah. we had no ability to deal with this in like the '90s or whatever. Can we just go back to I don't know if somebody steals, they get in trouble, or <laughs> you can kick them out, you can beat them up, whatever you need to do. We don't yeah. really yeah, have mean, to go 1984 to stop crime. Government involvement messes up everything because the reason we need this is because 
the police aren't prosecuting shoplifters and even more importantly will prosecute you if you try to prevent shoplifting and the reason we're afraid of this is because we know that that information is going to be used by the by the intelligence agencies and law enforcement like we're not i'm not really afraid of cvs having my information what i'm afraid of is cvs having my information and then the government getting a hold of it yes which you know that's a shared well it's not even that right i mean the information they get goes into a database by the by the agencies that compile all the information which is then purchasable by anyone i mean that kind of data you can probably go buy anywhere Mm -hmm. like legitimately and so you know the government just buys some of this data from private companies i mean it's you know your tax money buying up info on you so yeah i mean yeah i just don't like it i don't like facial recognition to get into a convenience store it seems just really bad database jake i I hate it so much um so yeah that kind of went along with the surveillance state in france um i don't know what's going to happen over in france they're still writing i mean they're right they write all the freaking time so the fact that they're still passing bills against their system against their citizens while while they're riding is is a bit concerning um i mean at this point th- at this point the french should just surrender just <laughs> don't <laughs> yeah they've already done that too many their times. historical move just surrender fair enough <laughs> um Okay, Zach. Let's go back in order now. Let's. Uh, I do. I think. I think there's a comment that we missed here. That that's pretty good. Oh, I think Robert was referring to this as a, the Freedom Regional Operation Group or Frog, which you know, I like to refer to French people as frogs. So, <laughs> I think that's what he was getting at there. Okay. It's like I call British people limeys, right? I mean. Fair enough. It's a great point. We should definitely inter- keep talking about the uh, the frogs. <laughs> All right, Zach, let's go. Let's go to the next story. Crazy. HSBC, one of the largest banks in the world, made an announcement. It is absolutely imminent that the United States begins a major recession within just a couple of weeks. I think all of us know we're already in a recession, aren't we? Joe Biden, if you guys recall, he changed the definition of recession. It's one of the first things he did when he stepped into office. And now the world is waking up and they're saying, you know what? As much as we would like to think there's going to be some light at the end of the tunnel, we're actually going to potentially we have a long, bumpy road ahead of us. This is not going to end anytime soon. HSBC Bank saying not only. No, no, you can keep going. It's still go- it was oh, still that- Okay, I thought that was looping. No, not yet. Is it imminent that the United States ends up in a major recession? But they also cl- claim sure that within looping. by next year, we are going oh. to pull, pull Europe no. down with us. There you go. Never mind. <laughs> this no. is so crazy. <laughs> Yeah. So initial reaction, Zane, go. Uh, thank you for calling <laughs> on me first. As uh, economics tends to be my area of expertise. But I mean, th- this goes back, you know, all the way towards, you know, Mises theory of the business cycle, where if you keep printing money and encouraging investments in areas that people don't really want and cannot be sustained by real saving, 
you know, you're going to reallocate resources from things that people actually want towards, you know, things that only the government wants or things that nobody wants, but can only be invested in because the interest rates are so low because, you know, money keeps being printed. Mm -hmm. um, and when that game finally is over and people realize we've invested trillions of dollars in things that nobody wants, there's going to be a period where people have to be laid off from jobs that are not being productive and resources and people have to move into more productive lines of business. Like the, the best way to explain this with a concrete example is, you know, during the housing bubble, there got to be a many, many Starbucks because people thought that they were very wealthy because their houses were so valuable. They were like, oh yes, I can afford to spend $5 on coffee every day. But actually <laughs> you shouldn't be buying $5 coffee. You should be buying $1 coffee. So in 2008, you know, a lot of Starbucks had to close because people were not that wealthy and we should not have been pouring that much resources into building more and more Starbucks. We should have been doing something else. So that there is a period of pain where a lot of people are going to have to be unemployed as they move from less productive jobs to more productive jobs. But that's ultimately the only way that we can get to a period of real economic growth. Freaking nailed it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, people tend to think that these things just happen. Like the cycle is just a natural phenomenon and we can't help it. And we just have these booms and then we have this recession. But really it's, you know, happening because they've done the same predictable things over and over again that caused this. And now the recession will somewhat be the medicine that's needed in order to get back on track. And, you know, some medicines are harsher than others. So we'll see you know, how bad this is, but yeah. Right. The, the boom gets started with an expansion of credit. The Fed sets rates low. Are you starting to get it? <laughs> Come on. You guys know this? You guys know is this the video, rap? Right? Wait, is this, this is the rap. <laughs> that real, Hi, that wait, money is confused for real loanable funds. Hayek versus the, uh, Keynes. Hayek versus Keynes. Yeah, yeah. The original one. <laughs> That's great. That's a good one. Yeah, uh, uh, if you haven't seen that, uh, really, that's a very easy way of. Uh, that's a very great way of explaining it in a little song there. Yes, yep. it, it is. It People need to be explained that way. Politicians never want to be on the hook for being the ones to not quote pull us out of a recession, even though that's what we would really need to happen. So what they will always do is every time there's a hint of a recession, the Fed just instantly cuts interest rates which is exactly the opposite of what you need to do because that in the long run will just make it worse because then you'll just, you'll just be able to continue uh, malinvestment being al allowed to occur when you should be telling businesses no more frivolous investments in things nobody wants. Yep. Jared Bell says, what's $1,800 in coffee expense when your house is a money machine? Refinance that bad boy and buy some Starbucks. It's economic development. <laughs> perfect <laughs> yeah it it also like what well, you were you were talking about how the government incentivizes people to to invest in things that people don't actually want and people don't actually need and i bring this up all the time on this show um the show clarkson's farm i bring it up like <laughs> at least once a week maybe maybe more i like it is the it, it, it it's becoming the best example of why libertarianism is good for society that people could actually digest 
and not and not know that they're digesting libertarian information. It is fantastic. I highly advise you to refer it to people that you know because he this this exact thing happened to him. So in the first season of the show, the government has all these subsidies for specific crops. And it's crops that almost no one wants inside the country. It's all exported. And so once there was Brexit, all those crops basically became useless. And so what ended up happening was at the end of an entire year, his profit for the year, because they weren't getting the subsidies that they used to get, was $184. (laughs) That was his profit for being a farmer with a, I don't know, I think it's like over a thousand hectares of of land which is absolutely insane like the fact and it it's all because he was incentivized to grow crops that had nothing to do with anything that people didn't actually want that was going to places because it was forced to go to those places it was just it's a great great show and y'all should all watch it <laughs> i'll check it out don't cattle ranchers often just exist from season to season too like they yeah break even and that's about it oh yeah big time well, i mean that's what uh corn subsidies do also right i mean they grow so much damn corn and it's the you know backstopping the price of it and it's like forcing it into your gasoline to destroy your engine quicker yep and everything else that they do i mean corn's it. in everything like uh, right. corn is in everything because it's so easy to grow it's plentiful here in the u.s and like i mean how many dadgum acres of cornfields do we have in the u.s it, there's it, several states millions. that are cornfields yeah. yeah in pennsylvania just... where nick is like you'll be driving around and you notice when there's not a cornfield you're like oh my gosh <laughs> they're growing soybeans over there that's crazy yeah. which the is corn's equally not terrible as, the corn's not as plentiful in pennsylvania as say ohio <laughs> oh, well a little bit more i don't know what here. you're talking about some fake <laughs> place. there's places <laughs> but like you you find a little bit other stuff here i mean yeah. I mainly hang out in middle Pennsylvania, so. Yeah, no one hangs out there. <laughs> you know, in Nebraska, they have the Corn Palace. Robert, amazing. it's amazing. <laughs> that is fantastic. But, um. Yeah, I mean, what, uh, so HSBC made the prediction that we're going to be in a major recession within the next two weeks. That was three days ago. They made that, that prediction. Uh, but, um, yeah. I mean, it's but clear. We're already in Hong a recession. Kong. Right. I mean, that it's not really like predicting a lot when you look at the yield curve inversion and everything else and go, yeah, I think we're in a recession here, you know, regardless of what definition of a recession is, that's, that is what it is. Um, so the Hong Kong and Shanghai banking corporations really not stepping out on a limb here to to say that. Do you think they'll change the definition again? Uh, they changed the definition of vaccine how many times recently, right? Yeah, that's true. It's just and it's a recession when we up. say it is. You just gotta learn your new speak. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was just an interesting thing. HSBC, like they were very. Um, concrete in what they were saying it wasn't like we might do that like it might be this might be that like it was like this will happen within two weeks so again as zane said hard to predict the future (laughs) especially big banks don't seem to have a good track record of accurately predicting what's going to happen 
That is true. So we'll see. Well, sure. the biggest ones do just fine. It's the uh, it's the regionals that get <laughs> that get nailed. We actually don't well, monetize they... this show at this point, Robert. Um, hopefully, we're we always demonetized. <laughs> yeah, but technically, uh, we... we might have issues doing that just based off of like being a political organization and donations. Oh wait, and well we are that. somewhat monetized. We have. Osprey, they're our sponsor. So, yeah, it's a little different than it just doesn't go to us whatsoever. Exactly. (laughs) But on the other hand, we're free to spread as much misinformation as we want. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Now we're definitely getting kicked (laughs) off YouTube. (laughs) Thanks, Zane. (laughs) All right, Zach, let's go to the next story. I thought this rant was fantastic. Let me get this straight. The FBI was withholding from congressional oversight a document showing that during the Obama administration, Biden accepted a $10 million bribe through his son, Hunter, to force the firing of a Ukrainian prosecutor that was investigating corruption, an event that Donald Trump looked into, sparking the first impeachment and forcing the arming of Ukraine, in turn setting the stage for the current war against Russia. Evidence of the bribe was also in Hunter Biden's laptop, which the FBI also had, but that they swore was Russian disinformation and infiltrated social media to censor during the 2020 campaign, all while the FBI investigates Trump for having classified documents, despite the FBI admittedly letting Hillary Clinton off for a similar charge in 2016, when they were simultaneously launching the Russiagate investigation into Donald Trump using falsified evidence provided by the Clinton campaign. Do I have that all straight? I love the domino effect that he laid out in like less than a minute. It's fantastic. And you, you, you could argue that, you know, correlation is not causation, but it was very interesting to watch all those dominoes fall right there. What do you think, Nick? Yeah. Um, the simulation's wild and, um, you know, the corruption is rampant. It's just, you don't see it on your CNNs or your MSNBCs or, even all that much your Fox News since they ran Tucker off. Um, but the corruption's there. Um, you know, yeah. the fact that they, they like to point to the past. Oh, well, there's never been any corruption there. You know, it's always this, you know, you have to prove that in the past that there was corrupt, you know, oh, there was no corrupt. We never had any corruption in the past. You know, we just stick our heads in the sand and, you know, yeah, it, was, ignore it. it was Ukraine yeah. that had the corruption that we had to go in and fix the corruption for them, right? That's kind of how right. Yeah, we, we fired. Yeah, firing the prosecutor, which is hilarious because that that video is so well known of Biden going, you know, ma- of making that whole like. And I told him, "You've got you know forty eight hours to fire that prosecutor, Jack." Blah 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 blah. And then all of a sudden <laughs> he was, you know, and then you know, and it's funny, you know, you when you know what's on the laptop and you got those emails that were uh, authenticated by the guy who was on the receiving end of it. Mm-hmm. Where Hunter Biden is talking about kicking ten percent up to the big guy, and <laughs> the, the phone call that Hunter Biden, you know, that came out the other day, because um, I was catching up on part of the problem, and it was being replayed again. And I'm like, oh yeah, that was a good one there. Where, uh, you know, he's, you know, he's trying to strong arm the Chinese businessman. Like, oh, I've got my dad in the room, and you better, you know, I want a phone call from you, and we're dealing with this right now. And just remember, mm-hmm. my dad's in the room, and <laughs> yeah, it's like. <laughs> it's like you know it's just so much corruption at these highest levels that it's you know yeah it's hard to keep it all straight and it's hard to it's hard to not think 
you're crazy at times because of how much crap is going on behind the scenes. Right, because then you're constantly gaslit by the by the corporate press telling you, yeah. oh no, everything's perfect. You know, Joe Biden is a uh, Joe Biden is just the epitome of democracy. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> loves Joe Biden. You know, highest vote getter in the history of the in the history of election of the presidential election. And uh, you know, speaking of Joe Biden, think? let's let's pull that video up, Zach. I think uh whatever's next yeah yeah whatever's okay. next i think uh this is a freudian slip for him actually not even freudian i think it's a dementia f- slip for him it's a dementia slip yeah oh wait by the way before we start we this has a uh warning label from instagram the thought police wants you to know that this is missing context so <laughs> Which means it's, it, uh, i was just thinking uh uh anyway I started off without you, and I sold a lot of state secrets and a lot of very important things that we shared. I mean, what context makes that better? Tell me the context where that makes sense and that makes it okay. Like, what what is Instagram talking about? Like, if you if you went back and watch the 10 minutes before that, there would be no context that you could provide that would make that statement. Okay. <laughs> like, I feel like the band. What, if, what say, if he was saying uh-uh. that he wasn't, what if he was saying that he's never done something like saying that he sold state secrets and. Okay. Can that you, context can isn't you, there. Can you get that from his, uh, uh, anyway, uh, I started without you. Uh, 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 like what, Dude has lost his dad gum mind. Like, he hasn't had it in a while, but yeah. He's sitting there with another head of state and he has no idea what's going on, saying he sold government secrets. <laughs> like, what the heck? And there's actual evidence that he sold government secrets. Like, how is the mate? How? I don't understand how the corporate press can not play something like that. I just don't get it. Like, how can they not well, connect the dots and put it up on the screen? Because Project Mockingbird never ended. Uh, it's exhausting, man. <laughs> oh, Robert says he was playing GTA 5. <laughs> Which, that would be the only context that they could... If they flipped the camera around and there was a screen with him playing Grand Theft Auto 5, then that would make sense. But that would be the only context. It was a video game. It's just unbelievable that guy is in charge of our military. Well, luckily, he's like he? basically just a puppet, and it's Jake Sullivan running the country. Jake Sullivan, okay, yeah, a guy with no military experience, hmm. Hmm. just some nerd from college. What? Uh, what do you think? Those? I mean, the guy next to him in that video just smiled and like was um, motivated. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, how do you? What is? What is Modi thinking? Like, what is he sitting there? How does he not say something? How does he not say, like, do you need an ambulance? Like, do you need to go to the hospital? Like, He's probably thinking, oh, this mind? is why we're joining BRICS. Right? <laughs> is this an aneurysm? Like, what is happening? I don't... Huh, the emperor has no clothes is a real thing, and it's absolutely bizarre. And I don't understand. I just don't understand it. Like, don't how can believe anybody... you're lying, eyes. Biden is just fine. How can anybody support this guy anymore? How can anybody with a straight face say that he's a good president, stronger than ever, mentally fit, 
can run again for president because he's not even going to debate anybody because he's our pick. Like, come on, what is happening? It doesn't seem like the common person is saying that though. They're just saying nothing. Like when I was, you know, paying attention to social media during the Trump years, it was like every single day, like, what is the drama today? What is this outrage? What, what are we freaking out about? What are we protesting? And then basically the moment that Biden was elected, then it's gone. People are back to talking about brunch. They're in, you know, their <laughs> hike or whatever. Yeah, that was, yeah, the Trump years were great because of just the ridiculous, crazy social media shit that went on. Like some of the stuff he said was just hilarious. Yeah. Like I, after, right after the election of 2020, of 2020, when he lost, um, the New York Times published like a, uh, basically a a database of his tweets of like the uh of like the best one well i'm gonna call them the best ones but it was like tweets of him (laughs) attacking people you could sort by who he was attacking and uh were they timeline earth yet or was it still the friends against government podcast but i can't remember where they were they were they were one of the two shows and they went through and they uh started reading they were reading off the best of and it was (laughs) hilarious like this thing was absolutely insane. The stuff that was said, and you're like, that was. <laughs> you're like, I don't remember that, but God, you found every. It was it was hilarious, and it was like, yeah, yeah I think I miss those it, days because it was that so may funny. have been the best part of Trump is that he made people pay attention to politics because of how polarizing he was. Like, I, I don't know if there's going to be another president for a long time that is like that where people actually are forced to pay attention, whether, you know, whether they're like digging into their side or not, like people paid attention to politics for four years and wouldn't stop talking about it. Um, Yeah. I mean, they, they wouldn't stop talking about it so much that, you know, in the same way that some people get long COVID, some people have long Trump derangement syndrome where we're three years out from him, leaving office and people are still talking about Trump more than they're talking about Biden. <laughs> yes, they are. Yeah. I mean, it, if, if Trump just went away all t- I mean, they're like CNN is even starting to cover Trump again. Like it's because he's their moneymaker. Like they, right. Their they, ratings were yeah. in the tank before he became president. Then, you know, they had, then they had a big jump back and then he lost and they, went right in the tank and they fired the guy who was who they hired to run it again. And yeah, CNN's a mess and it's hilarious, but all they have was to do the media is him, like billions of dollars worth of free media yeah. when he was running for president. And it's like, you know, us lowly libertarians, we beg for it basically. And it's like all, some of us has given up on even trying to get legacy media because yeah. they're more interested in hate promoting Trump or whoever else. Yep. to the tune of billions of dollars and even acknowledging that we exist. How yep. can we get them to hate us so much that they invite us on their programs? <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, I don't know. We have to have a candidate as polarizing as Trump, I guess. Because I, I don't know. I mean, as big as Trump. We, I, I, guess, I think that's what... Sadly, John McAfee is dead. But he's not as big as Trump. People don't... People don't in the mainstream don't care about him like he's had two documentaries on netflix how many documentaries on netflix has trump had uh, well if, that, yeah, if that's the measure of alone. people then there are some pretty moronic 
uh, people that have been on Netflix. Like, right, John, John McAfee has started Jesus. one cybersecurity company. How many has Trump started? <laughs> but I've started one too. So, okay, so it's not Max, as impressive. Nick John McAfee. <laughs> looks like you need to. Uh, looks like you need to move to uh, Belize and murder your neighbor. Now we're getting somewhere. I think even if we had, even if Trump decided, like, was actually a libertarian and we had him on our ticket, they still, would you think they would actually cover him? Do you think they would ignore him completely because he's running on the libertarian ticket? Or do you think he would get just as much consideration? That's, uh, that's if he was question. an actual libertarian, if he was a threat to the system, I think they would try to black hole him. But if he's a joke, like he kind of is already. Hmm. Then yeah, they'd probably just give him attention still because, at the end of the day, it seemed like everything that they wanted was still safe under him. We were still at war for the entire time. Right. You know, they even the things he protested about, he eventually folded. So, I think if he was a true libertarian, yeah, he would. They'd act like he didn't exist, like they did Ron Paul. Mm. So I guess then the question is. Since he definitely could never be a true libertarian, would you ever consider electing him as our candidate for president? No, no, no not after can't have that. Like, like yeah. if he's folded on too much, and like if he was still just the biggest middle finger to the system, and um, but he's would, but yeah. allowing Fauci just to run the country for a year and everything else, it, it's just. There's too much there that it's like, you know, he still defends Operation Warp Speed and the clock oh, yeah. shot and everything else. I mean, it's he's like in his in his like full DeSantis thing. He's like come he started coming off like a leftist now, like mm-hmm. swinging against uh, DeSantis. It's true. I just I just think he has very little like the right to the left, and it's just the wrong tactic. And he's uh yeah he's lost everything that he's done, and he he looks weak. Oh yeah, no, he definitely looks. Twenty sixteen Trump was strong, just like a giant middle finger to everyone, and now just weak and pathetic. What do y'all think of Vivek? Uh he comes off like a grifter to me. He kind of does. I mean, he's a like I I I I believe him like Trump with his anti woke stuff. I feel like everything else he's he's just taking the position that he feels like the the Trump base is at. Yeah, like, what's his bravest stance right now? Like, I saw he did come out for Defend the Guard, and I'll say that's brave. So maybe that's my answer. But other than that, like, being anti-woke is pretty safe right now if you're on, you know, accepted by the conservatives and that's where you make your money, then that's helpful. That's not going to hurt you at all. But if you come out against, you know, proxy war in Ukraine or something, and maybe he has, that might be his bravest stance. I don't know. So he has. Uh, he, he has. He came, yeah. he came okay. to a pork fest on the last day, so I saw him speak a couple times. Did you get in the pavilion with him? Or? Yeah, he was in the pavilion, and then he went to one of the subsidiary tents and spoke again. Um, and so he did make it very clear that he was going to end the war in Ukraine, which is, is pretty important. Uh, he said that he was going to free Ross Albrecht and pardon Assange and Snowden and all those guys. So that struck me as I often tend to assume people are sincere, even when they're not. Mm. He, I like him 
enough, well enough. But I think that that's also why he would never win because he, he has he he's taking positions like he he stood up there and said that he was going to dissolve like ninety percent of the federal agencies, and I kind I of believe that. that if he were elected, that he would attempt to do that. But that's exactly why he's never going to be elected. Right. So he's just kind of there saying this stuff. And I think, also, that better that, I think that it's better that he's there saying it than, than it would be if he's not there saying it. Mm. Um, I did yeah. in one of the, during one of his talks, also, ask him a pretty wonkish question about monetary policy, which he did not have a satisfactory answer to. But <laughs> I'll, I'll, let, I'll let it slide. <laughs> What do you, what do you got also, I, I want to point out, I want to point out the biggest flaw here is that he's one of those people. He's from Ohio. Mm. And that's just a, <laughs> that's, fair that's enough. Very. Um, <laughs> that's, that's, what, you what, know, that, that's a very difficult thing to overcome being from Ohio. What's super interesting in my opinion is that like a ton of those issues that you just listed off Zane, um, RFK has said RFK Jr. has said the exact same thing. Like he'll he in the war in Ukraine. He walked it back or he said he was gonna look he said he was gonna look into it. I think he yeah, well, I think he I think he came out stronger at uh at Bitcoin and then like hmm. walked it back following that a little bit. Like well, oh, he well, said, we're gonna look into it and blah, blah, Yeah, he blah. said he'll look into it and he 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 said if if it if the judge was just trying to make an example out of him, then he will absolutely pardon him. Um, but he said he'd pardon Snowden, he'd pardon Snowden, Assange in the war in Ukraine, um, all that kind of stuff. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, they, they share some interesting policy that Republicans and Democrats in the past definitely have not shared. So I, I don't know. There's something interesting about that to me. Um, How is RFK on the drug war in general? Like, I don't know if I hear him talking about that much, but hmm. like, I know he's anti big pharma and all sorts of stuff, he's but like probably not advocating the bomb Mexico over it. So that's, yeah, that's probably big. a point in his favor. Yeah, that's yeah, definitely that, a point. That's definitely one of the fake's worst qualities is that he has, has some very strange conceptions about how we're going to deal with the drug problem yeah yeah that that's that's his big downfall i think in my in my opinion just just the fact that he wants to escalate the drug war is just insane like the, what are you talking is about? right though that you know these are politicians we're dealing with like i said i i feel like with uh with vivek it's uh good night grumpy I, I believe i believe him uh i believe him on the anti-woke stuff i mean he's wrote a book he started a company on that I believe that that's an issue he's serious on. I think everything else he's taking his cues from where he thinks the Trump base is. Well, Vivek, and maybe mixing in a little bit of liberty, you know, a little bit that pays lip service to us. Has he? He hasn't run in. any run for anything before, right? He's never been no. a politician. He's been a he's he, no. He's, he's been a, yeah. He's been a he's been a, a big he's been a uh, pharmaceutical businessman, and his latest twenty twenty was reminding people to wear their masks. Oh, that's not great. Yeah. I don't feel like you can really square like so. the bomb Mexico with cut 90% of government. Cause like in the midst of a gigantic sweeping drug war is right. not when government gets shrunk. Like <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> this is yeah. what several questioners attempted to point out to him during the town hall. 
that he right. had. Right. Right. Look, look at the militarization Wait. of the police force that has happened since the drug war began. I mean, they right. didn't have uh, they didn't have these tanks and these you know combat vehicles, and they weren't wearing uh, you know plates ev- all day every day, and mm. you know that's yeah, it is interesting. I... It's weird. So if you listen to him talk and like on his website, he actually does have surprisingly detailed um, like plans for how exactly he would go about getting rid of all these agencies without congressional approval, which is part of why I think that he is not just completely pandering. The other thing is if you were really just trying to pander to the Trump base is going after bureaucracy with these really detailed plans, really what you would tell them, or would you just kind of, rage against the deep state in general and not have any substance there. I mean, the things that he's bad on are obviously hawkish on China, which is a big reason why he wants to escalate the drug war because he thinks China's behind it. But the other thing is, he said on several occasions that he used to be a libertarian, but then he started to think more about like things like virtue, which really does not make sense to me. Because and kind of signals that he never really considered the issues of libertarianism very deeply. Because you have to remember, it does not claim to be a complete philosophy of how to live your life. It is a very specific, you know, uh, set of principles about how people should relate to each other in voluntary means. It does not tell you like whether or not you should do or not do certain things. So, like, I also think that virtue is very important, but that has no bearing on me being a libertarian. Correct. Yeah. Right. I, I do remember him saying stuff like that before. I've forgotten about yeah. that. There's definitely some, uh, I mean, there's been some confusion going back, you know, for a while, people trying to tie stuff in, you know, this, uh, you know, the thick libertarianism that's been sitting out there for a while that people have been promoting as, this or that and just forgetting that you know private property non-aggression is kind of kind of what we are and what it is and where we start from and kind of where it ends right yeah i do remember an interview with him where he seemed to think that like morality and like christian values had were some somehow like antithetical to libertarian party which is bizarre to me or libertarian ideals the weird thing about him, because he's brought up like, you know, the importance of the U.S. being founded on Christian morals and how we have to acknowledge that there's a God. This is on his website, and I completely agree with him on that statement, except that he's a Hindu, which I have no issue with him running um, and being a Hindu. But why are you promoting Christian values when you're a Hindu? I that that strikes me as the most inauthentic. There's there's ever. the grifting. That's that's mm. that's some grifting, right? Like I said, he has a grifter quality to him. That that is pretty grifty, for sure. So like, you got to think if he was really in it to be a grifter, you'd just say he's a Christian. Like I've thought the same with Tulsi. I'm like, if she really just wanted political power, she would just say she's a Christian. It would be so much easier for her. Right. Yeah, it would. Man, I miss Tulsi. At least uh, her dropping bombs on debate stages. That was fun. Uh, well, at least at least the one time when she uh, basically ran Kamala Harris out of the race. Yeah, but she made, the made her VP, so it didn't really matter. Yeah, I know. And eventually president, because we know we know uh, Sleepy Joe's not lasting. Dude, she'll be assassinated yeah. within a day. 
Like you can't fed posts on the stream. People, <laughs> people don't like her. Even her own people don't like her. By her own people, I mean Democrats. That's, her own staff. Yeah, her own staff hates her. No one likes her. How is she even? Her husband likes her. No, no, of course not. Look at her. Have you heard her laugh? How could you live with that? <laughs> Maybe terrible. it'll it'll be her coke that was in the White House, and we won't have to deal with her. <laughs> no, we all know that was Hunter's. I, I don't know how well, I was reading today that it came from a more secure area. So maybe Hunter is going places he shouldn't, or maybe it was somebody mm. who has a clearance of some sort. He can get wherever he wants to go, I bet. Probably. <laughs> yeah. That is yeah. the obvious answer. So yeah. It's yeah. you know, the argument was oh, he was at Camp David when it was found, but I'm assuming he was probably at the White House. It's probably sat there for a couple days. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yep. Who's leaving their cocaine around the White House is the biggest question. Like, that's. Yeah, I mean, there's there's video of him possibly snorting on camera um, a line of cocaine from his hand. <laughs> um, it was, it it kind of looked like that he passed right behind Jill as as he was doing it, and it he he just like a little key bump started doing that. It was interesting. Um, so I don't know. I feel like it would also have to be somebody who's just not worried about the price of a bag of Coke. Like, eh, whatever. I guess I'll get more. <laughs> Guys, Robert makes a great point. Um, the importance of time is that time is important, and we need to acknowledge time as important. Yeah. <laughs> He's Kamala's Straight from Kamala Harris's mouth. Yeah. Time is a line also. I mean, to be fair, it, it's like she's the best insurance that you're going to stay president. Because no one wants her. Like, no one wants her to be president. No one wants her to have anything to do with the presidency. And so it was like, the, there couldn't be a better person that he nominated as his vice president. Yeah. Like, <laughs> for in that regard. Because otherwise, they had to, they would have had to have kicked him out by now. Like, if it was but, Hillary, he'd have been dead five minutes into it. Like, yes. Oh, 100%. Yes, without a doubt. He, or he would have, you know admitted that he had Alzheimer's or dementia and had to step down and Hillary was going to take over. Absolutely. It was anybody but Kamala. <laughs> or they would have admitted that, you know, the real Biden is, uh, is dead and that the body doubles, you know, aren't eligible to serve as president. Mm. Have you guys you ever seen people who look like you, like you've been out in public and just be like, Whoa, that's my same model. Not once. Never. <laughs> yeah, it happens to me every now and then. Not once, really? but I did have a friend text me yesterday. I think it was yesterday asking if I had just called into a radio show. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I'm still sitting at work. <laughs> I'm so guessing there's fewer somewhere. like <laughs> six, five people walking around. There's plenty of like five, nine, like me. Just <laughs> Oh, there's a guy I work with that like from the back. I, I kind of think of you, Zach, whenever I see him because he's got the long hair like you do. Yeah, I like that kind of. Could have been a girl at work too. I've been mistaken for a chick from behind. Whatever. (laughs) I'm not offended. I just want to ask if they thought I was pretty. Like. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Zach. Let's pull up the next story. It's a very short one. Um, We can pull it up. Investigation reveals seven thousand tons of U.S. and U.N. provided food aid to Ethiopia, siphoned by government and military. Aid was diverted from people in need and sold. This is from Real News, no bullshit. 
Um, again, if y'all don't follow Real News No Bullshit, you should. They do some fantastic things. They just went over to Ukraine on their own dime. Um, they're a small independent organization. Interviewed Russians, interviewed Ukrainians, interviewed soldiers, interviewed all sorts of different people and made a little documentary on it. Um, super interesting stuff. Um, they try to be as unbiased as possible. And um, so far I've not found maybe, I don't know that I found a single like actual mistaken like fact in one of their report and one of their reports. So um, this one, this one's interesting um, just because we provide aid to every single country on earth in some way, shape or form. How many times? I mean, this is 7,000 tons 7,000 tons. How many, how many pounds is that? That's uh, uh, 7,000 times 2,000. 14, so, yeah, 14 million. 14 million pounds of food was siphoned by the government and the military and sold. That should have gone to people in need in Ethiopia, which why we're feeding people in Ethiopia, you know, through the government is beyond me. But uh, the fact that it was siphoned is not. Well, look who that food bags from. Cargill needs their money. USA, <laughs> isn't, that's a CIA cutout. You know, and what's it, really interesting is it says origin Ukraine. <laughs> uh, right, because that's well, part of grow a lot of that, right? Are they growing yeah, anything yeah. right now? Maybe. I mean, they still got to eat. Can they well, Cargill anything? will be whenever uh, whenever Ukraine has to pay back their, their war debts, you know. Cargill will come right in and... Uh, take up all that breadbasket of Europe land. I know very little about this, but I find it really interesting. The whole what's going on in Ethiopia with the Tigrayans and the Atreans. And there's basically a war going on there too. And the U S is choosing sides. I've been it's not immediately obvious aware. that it's the right side, but I don't know. It might be one of those where there's no good guys. There is no right side because we shouldn't be yeah. picking a side period. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, there are wars in places that we're involved in that no one has any idea about. Like you, would, I was unaware ask... that Ethernopia has an issue right now. Yeah, and this is like th what's just signaling me throwing up a flag is it's saying the Tigrayan-led investigation. That's one of the ethnic groups that is battling other ethnic groups in um, right. in Ethiopia, and if yeah. I'm remembering correctly they might even be a minority ethnic group who's just now in charge and like 10 years ago it was completely the opposite where the other ethnic group ruled over this one which happens and all one the of time. them got yeah and then i think with the help of some western aid that's now flipped and still just as violent but i don't know this, this would be really hard but i feel like i would want to find somebody we could talk to about this sometime maybe have them on the show because it's super interesting and we have a decent amount of ethiopians in atlanta and then georgia so i would love that yeah if we know anybody who who knows a lot about this this what's happening over in ethiopia and eritrea um i would love to have somebody on to talk about that because i like i know very little as well um but i did know stuff was happening and the united states was trying to pick sides <laughs> as as we do um, you know. likely likely picking both sides in some way shape or form um i don't know zane do you have anything to add to this I mean, I kind of feel bad for not 
feel it getting more worked up just because I kind of assume that this happens every time we send foreign aid anywhere. Yeah. Like, you know, in 2010, when we sent all this aid, warehouses of aid to Haiti after the earthquake, I mean, it was pretty much all, pretty much all either, you know, got stolen or went bad before it got distributed anywhere. People need to be very careful when they donate to these huge charities mm. that you, you need to look into whether or not your aid is actually going towards something that's effective or if it's all going to be consumed by overhead administrative expenses or aid that goes to a warehouse and never gets delivered. Like I give a lot of money to donorc.org, D-O-N-O-R-S-E-E.org, which it, they've been on the Tom Woods show a couple times, but essentially what you do uh, um, on that platform is that there are a bunch of these very small, um, you know, um, you know, philanthropic organizations that are actually present in the community and have relationships with the people that they're helping. So like you can go on there and give like $25 to help an individual person that you see a picture of and get video updates from, help them buy a bicycle or like buy a chicken to start a, a business. And so you can actually see the results of that and the overhead costs are a lot lower than like the Red Cross or some of these other massive organizations right. that whether or not they're intending to have these huge bureaucracies and very little of your money is actually helping people. Yeah, yeah. I got a second donor C. It's great. It was founded by a libertarian who has since uh, um, passed on. Unfortunately, it was Greg Glier. Seemed like an amazing guy. I never really knew him, but you know, that was tragic that he is no longer with us, but they're keeping it going and it's a great organization. So that's awesome. Zach pulled up a great quote by the great Ron Paul. Foreign aid is taking money from the poor people of a rich country and giving it to the rich people of a poor country. Yep. I mean, that what that article that we pulled up on Instagram was exactly that. It was our tax dollars going directly into the hands of rich people and another government. <laughs> like it's insane. Um, and yeah, uh, Zane, I completely agree with you. It's much better to give to an organization that is embedded in the community or part of the community and has been for a while because they actually know what's going on. They're more efficient. They know where the dollars and the aid should go. Um, the massive organizations have so much overhead that it's going to be impossible for your dollar dollars to make as much of a difference as you want them to um, if you give to those um, so yeah 100 percent. yeah you got to give to the smaller ones that are embedded in the communities that you're trying to support um, if you give it all there, there there are theories out there that charity helps zero people and zero percent of the time and is ultimately a, a negative <laughs> yeah i'm gonna say that's not true <laughs> Hey, yeah, it's just not true, but perpetual charity doesn't help, right? There was a documentary, mm -hmm. I think it was called Poor Ink or something, that broke down like the mm -hmm. fact that uh what was it, Tom Shoes that would give a pair of shoes away for every shoe every pair you bought. And uh so that they were just dumping these shoes into Africa so the local shoemaker couldn't get his business started because he can't compete with free shoes coming from, from the West, right? So right. um that was a whole whole thing was you know, you you come in, you you basically keep paying people to continue being poor and not building an economy. 
because oh well hey you need here's your bare minimum to survive um you know good luck trying to compete with that and right you know no, so there's so maybe not all the time but you know when it becomes like the uh the ngos getting involved and uh you know usaid all the stuff like that yeah mm-hmm. it's probably not good ever maybe See, in like I... very severe maybe in very severe um like very acute situations, you know, a flood, a, a you know, even a drought, maybe. But um, you can't rely on that for a uh, you know year after year after year after year after year. Like you know, Ethiopia was an issue what twenty years ago, and apparently it's an issue again. <laughs> so I've heard the story of Tom's shoes driving the local shoemakers out of business, and how this is you know an example of charity backfiring. And I actually think that argument invokes some bad economics because whenever we try to um, uh, like provide arguments in favor of free trade, we will do the uh, you know come up with the example of imagine you know if China just sends us free stuff, that is better for us because we're getting free stuff, and so you know ex- exports being what you have to pay to get imports, which is what you want. Mm. Um, and so in this shoes example, we're giving them free shoes, which means that the shoemaker should do something else because they're getting free shoes. And on the whole, this is going to make the society richer because we're giving them stuff. Right. In a, in a very limited developing economy though, um, you know, there's not say a factory to go, you know, there might not be another factory. There might not be, you know, that person was filling in, filling a role in the economy and, um, got priced out by, I don't know if you want to call it, I, I get what you're saying. I'm just saying maybe in developing economies, you know, letting market forces take, pre- you know, local market forces take precedence over uh, charitable dumping mm. is a different situation. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I was just going to bring up dumping. Like people are very concerned about, you know, China sending us all this cheap steel and the domestic producers can't compete and we should make them not sell us steel so cheaply. And, (laughs) you know, no, we want cheap steel because that means we're getting, you know, more steel. And if they then decide that they're going to raise the prices, then we can start making our own steel. And if a private, you know, business thinks that foreign steel prices are going to go up very soon, they can build a factory and have it in reserve so that it's mm-hmm. ready to go once foreign steel prices go up. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't think that you can... There's still market you know, forces in that, right? Well, charity is, being a voluntary activity is part of the market. And I don't, yes. yeah. I don't think that you can, you know, dunk on people for being against dunking and other forms of free trade and then use the same logic that you just exploded to say that certain types of charity are objectionable. Fair enough. That's a good point. I don't, I don't, I don't hate it. Um, speaking of where our tax dollars go, here's a, here's another one. Um, Sorry if that uh, was too intense of a debate. Didn't no, that was a great debate. I love it. Um, all right. Brought up uh, another Instagram thing is that's where I've been getting a lot of my stuff today. Um, 1960s, they predicted oil gone in 10 years. 1970s, they predicted another ice age in 10 years. 1980s, acid rain will destroy all crops in 10 years. 1990s, 
the ozone layer will be gone in 10 years. 2000 ice caps will be gone in 10 years. None of it happened, but it all resulted in more taxes. <laughs> this brings up, I think the story somewhat that I've been mentioning where, uh, that I mentioned earlier, where uh, the news has been reporting that yesterday was the hottest day on record for the world. Now, what they don't tell you is on record goes back to 1979. So, you know, <laughs> the hottest day since 1979 right. is what it's really saying, right? Not this hottest day the world's ever seen, like they've been publishing it. And, uh, you know, and of course, oh, look, it's the hottest day the world's ever seen today. So, um, that means global warming is affecting us. And I saw a news article speculating we're going to see more of hottest days ever in the future. If you do that in reverse, though, you get chastised. If you're like, this is the coldest day ever, what's up with that? They're like, well, you're an idiot. That's what's up with it. Yeah. So, so what you end up having is, um, is, you, I mean, it comes down to trend, right? So, when was the next previous one? Uh, you know, if it's not, you know, year after year after year, if you're not seeing that increase or decade after decade, you're not seeing some increase over the four decades they've actually been tracking this. Um, what can you, you know, what can you really tell from it? it it's an anomaly. It's an outlier. I don't know. It's, uh, you know, statistics are a bitch and, you know, sometimes you fall a couple sigma further out, right? I mean, that's just the fact. So it really means absolutely nothing that it was the hottest day on record since 1979, but they're playing it because everything's a climate catastrophe and you've got to have 15 minute cities and, uh, you know, live in your pod and eat your bugs and, uh, <laughs> you know, everything that goes along with that. Right. Everything. The, the goofy thing about the way that they measure historical temperature is so often in the climate change literature, you'll see, a graph that sometimes gets referred to as the hockey stick. So you have You're really famous by Al Gore and uh, in an inconvenient truth. Yeah. So the 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 idea being that for centuries and millennia before the middle of the 20th century, you have this very flat, consistent low temperature, and then suddenly, you know, in the 1970s, it starts going way up. But what they don't tell you is that they change the way that they measure temperature in the middle of the graph, because as Nick has said, they don't have really detailed records going back that far. Right. So they estimate the historical temperature by looking at like trees and ice caps and stuff like that. Yeah, and they take ice okay. core samples and they look at the carbon dioxide uh, trapped in there and then they correlate and say, well, it's this temperature now with carbon dioxide. So how much what would the temperature be with that carbon dioxide? Yeah, so they switch, and then they switch to our more modern record keeping when it becomes available, and that shows a big increase. But ice caps and trees and the ways that they were measuring the historical temperature is not nearly as sensitive to temperature fluctuations as our techniques today. So if you continue to try to measure today's temperature using the historical techniques, you would not really see any increase at all. It, so it's really not a not comparable measurements. Well, of course right, so, it's not. So what Zane's getting at is once again, statistical models are not science. <laughs> <laughs> They're not reality. They are models. You know, you can't you can't, you know, we keep proving over and over that when you simplify it down to a couple of variables, you can't take your answer and go, 
hey, look at how right I am about my predict, you know, I'm predicting this and every little right. thing I see is going to, you know, validate my prediction because, you know, we saw it COVID, we see it this, we see it all the time. You know, if you're looking at, you know, statistical models are tools and, you know, you need to quit using them as yeah. a uh, be all and end all because they're, they're not real, right? I mean, like you can't, there weren't thermometers across the world recording temperatures 200, 300 years ago, right? I mean, you didn't have it a thousand, two thousand years ago. Oh, you know, maybe four or five thousand years ago, if you believe some of the Graham Hancock stuff, right? But <laughs> ten, we don't have those records. Yeah. <laughs> Younger Dryas, right? So, um, you know, we don't have we don't have those records for physical measurements. It's like Zane said, tree rings, uh, ice core samples, all this other stuff that they're just correlating statistically and saying, this is what, this must be what it is. Yeah. The other so thing about, and... about climate change models is, as you said, they rely on a lot of assumptions and almost all of the models are making the same assumptions about, you know, how climate systems work, but we don't actually know if they're true because right. you don't want to be, you don't want to be the only study that makes one assumption about climate that says that actually we're not in for such a catastrophe because then you'll lose all your government funding so you yeah. want to make the same assumptions as everybody else like for example we still have no idea whether clouds contribute to global warming or um reduce global warming because you they they could be reflecting more of the sun's light back out away from the earth or they could be trapping the heat that's already on the earth reflecting it back down to the surface and we don't actually know but you when you're building a model you have to make an assumption of one way or the other and there are all these different assumptions and variables that you have to calibrate and people really have very little idea what's going on. And if you actually, if you read, if you read in depth what the papers say, they will admit that they don't know what's going on. But then in the summaries that they give to the press, they'll all be all like, oh, 90 percent of climate scientists agree that we're experiencing, you know, um, the vast majority of climate you know, caused by humans. And that's just not borne out by what the papers actually say. We're definitely getting this episode kicked off. Like we're getting a strike for sure. Oh well, we, let's we, just go all the way. I, I posted some links in the uh, I posted some links in the internal chat. Let's pull those up because this reminds me of a story that I saw and I forgot about until we started talking about this. All right, Zach, let's open those two, and then you can skip that that Instagram story that I had that you have pulled up down there, um, and we can just go to the last last one after that. Um, but let's uh, let's go over these two that. Uh, same Mr. story, Nick, different stories that, that I just pulled up real quick. Nice. <laughs> Love it. Um, yeah, so I don't know how many people saw this floating around, but the Biden administration is saying that uh, we should block out the sun or we should study blocking out the sun to reduce global warming because this seems like a really, really good idea. Are, are they still calling it global warming? Is that still? Uh, I thought they changed it to climate change. This one says global warming. Some of them might. Yeah. They, they can't agree on their terms, right? So, man, um, that would have made you a fascist a few years ago. Global right. warming is so back. Wow. All right. So interesting. What's the um, who, what's the other article? 
White House Same closed thing, research right? on blocking sun's rays to slow global warming. And I, I've so put up a leftist article here so that we're not accused of, you know, taking a right wing source. Because I could have thrown up the Fox News article, but yeah, um, no one takes yeah, it seriously. So, <laughs> right. So let's see what the leftists are saying. Right. So, um, yeah, you want to they want to block out some of the sun solar radiation modification. So um, what's really fun is. Once again, the conspiracy theorists are right. So um, the way yeah. I, I think they often would do this is uh, you would take, like it, I think it's silver is what they'll often use. And basically you just spray that up in the atmosphere because I know they've, they've messed, I've been told they've messed with this before. Um, but yeah, you, you basically spray like this silver chemicals up in the air and uh, it reflects the sun back and... <laughs> So never mind never mind the fact right. yeah never mind the fact that the sun literally gives life to everything on this earth never mind the fact that all of our crops need sunlight to grow like what <laughs> this is such a stupid stupid thing to do um so, yeah, so we're, but we're living we're living in an in idiocracy right now and so we'll get too hot block out sun that that's the level we're looking at here right so so I don't, actually positives. I don't actually hate this as much as you might expect that I would. Um, okay. I don't, to be clear, I don't think it's a good idea. But, you know, I, I think there is a good amount of... Okay, first, let's stipulate a couple things. I think that despite what I just said five minutes ago, there is, I would say, a lot of evidence that humans are causing some amount of warming... That is the part that the 97% of scientists agree on and which appears to me to be correct. What we don't, what they don't agree on is some papers are saying we're only contributing 10%. Some are saying we're contributing 90% of the warming. So if we stipulate that humans are causing X amount of warming and it would be better if we weren't doing that and it would also be good if we did not have to radically decrease the amount of energy that humans consume because energy consumption is what allows us to live the is, is what allows people to be rich and not have to spend 12 hours a day toiling in a field stipulating all of those things i think that it is a good idea to look into ways that we could cool the earth down without having to resort to massive lifestyle changes and i'm actually kind of surprised that the biden administration is even looking into this at all because what governments want to do is use climate change as as a very scary thing that will give them more power over everybody and make them live in the pot and eat the bugs and if we can not do that and instead spray silver nitrate into the air i actually if that would work which maybe it would maybe it wouldn't there are obviously a lot of potential side effects, but you know, if, if they do look into that and decide, yep, this is actually okay, then that actually is a lot less interference into our personal lives than would be the alternative. That's my qualified defensive geoengineering. But I, I think you're begging the question that by automatically assuming, yeah, maybe we should look into it because warming is bad. Is warming and also that their solution would work perfectly. I mean, I don't think Zane's arguing all of this, but and I get you. But. <laughs> right, yeah, but I also want to make the point because you know let, let's just let's just go for the strike here, right? 
let's just go for the ban at this point. Um, who says warming is bad? I mean, who says it? It's happened over millennia. Right. You know, temperatures go up, temperatures come down. Um, mm-hmm. I'll know, say it. I don't want to be it, hotter. Well, <laughs> you know, you, you push a little, you know, but then things move a little bit further north. So now uh, land that isn't used for agriculture because it's, you know, shorter growing seasons, uh, less ideal, now opens that up to growth for crops. Um, yeah. And you still have the tropics that you can grow stuff. It's, you know, there's there's balances to things. And uh, just assuming you know that any amount of human uh human uh cause of of warming is bad is um just ignoring ignoring half the question yeah right so i think there are legitimate concerns about you know unlimited warming causing sea level rise and worse hurricanes not saying that the the sea level rises what's the worst that happens Okay, again, it's a it's about trade-offs. I'm just right, right. reminding everybody just asking, there, that there are the sea level rises, there are, what's the worst there are reasons warming would be good and there are reasons warming would be bad. I think yeah. and then there are also things that would be bad about certain responses to global warming. Like if your solution mm-hmm. is we can we can have zero inches of sea level rise, therefore everybody has to cut their energy consumption by ninety percent. That is bad because that will plunge us into a dark age. And I would right. rather Miami be flooded than the rest of the world be plunged into a dark age. But right. we can't, it's, it's about considering the trade-offs and obviously the market considers trade-offs better than any government does. But, you know, since we're, not that I think that I can get us unkicked off YouTube, but. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's silly is it seems like people like Zane actually take it all seriously. And like he knows the science, he's read it, and he has, you know, his conclusions. But the government, it's like they don't care what it says. The conclusion is give us more money. Right. (laughs) We should be giving Zane that that money. (laughs) Do you ever do you see that meme at one point? Um I I would have to dig it up, but it's it's a cartoon of caveman uh standing on top of a frozen mountain saying Ah, it's getting a little warm. The other one says, quick, let's tax ourselves. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Um, all right, Zach, the last, let's pull up the very last, um, last one link I sent you. Um, this is a comedy bit. We'll end on this, this one, but it might uh, inspire some conversation before we end. Um, Cause I found it pretty funny. Not that one, but not the next one. I okay. found the meme. <laughs> yeah. Look, everything is melting. It's obvious this is our fault. Quick. <laughs> let's tax the F out of ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's pretty good. All right. Let's listen to this comedy bit from the... I don't know who this is. Breathing up and it still sucks. Isn't that crazy? Like, you know, they turn the stock market off every night. And they turn it back on every morning. And they're like, we're in a bubble. It's going to burst. It's about to happen any day now. It's like, then leave it off. (laughs) What the fuck are you doing turning it back off? Today might be the day. (laughs) Idiots. They're like, the dollar's down, the economy's... It's like, why don't we just say it's not? 
<laughs> How's that sound? Right? They're like, these people have all the money. These people have no money. It's like, print more. Give it to them. They go, we can't. It will devalue the currency. Just say it doesn't. <laughs> Everything is made up. Let's make it more fun. Let's base interest rates on how interesting you are as an individual. <laughs> right? You show up to a bank, you do a backflip, they're like, you got a mortgage. <laughs> Anything else? You do a handstand, they're like, your student debts are forgiven. <laughs> I thought that was a pretty great bit. I mean, obviously, poor economic... Uh, yeah, poor economic rules in there, but uh, pretty hilarious. He seems to understand modern monetary theory pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> At least he's not pretending to dress it up in very nice-sounding theory. At least he's just coming right out and saying it. Yeah, yeah. I thought I thought that bit was fantastic. You turn off the stock, mar stock market every night. Why are you turning it back on? <laughs> thought that was freaking hilarious. Um, yeah. Any any anything to get from that comedy bit or do y'all want to call it a night or do we have anything else to talk about uh robert's asking where the trivia is there's no trivia tonight robert don't ask questions that you don't want the answers to okay just go no on chat gpt right now and ask it to write it for you <laughs> i would um but my wife is in town and uh i'm not uh you know i don't want to spend a ton of time on things while she's here for only no. a week <laughs> Well, she hasn't been living up there all summer? No, she's in Atlanta. Oh. This is her first time coming were, out here. I didn't know you were up there by yourself all uh up here by myself. It's uh it's definitely not lonely ever. <laughs> you got the dogs, right? I do have the dogs and we almost had a mountain lion take one of the dogs. Um, and you had a Jared for a little while. Had Jared so. for Jared was here for that experience. Um, so that was fun. Jared, Jared and Amanda were up here and, uh, a mountain lion came sprinting up the mountain and almost took Penny and the dogs ended up chasing it off. It was crazy. We also had a, a guy running an excavator down on about halfway down the mountain, um, fall over and the excavator went tumbling down the mountain. So it's been eventful. Over the last over the last couple of weeks, <laughs> uh, did the guy survive? The guy survived. He got thrown from it. Um, he said the last thing he remembers is the the treads of the excavator going over his head and completely missing him. Um, That's so wild. It was wild. It's like it's upside down, halfway down the mountain, half buried, and no one knows how to get it. Um, Someone's trying to get the National Guard to come in and do a exercise, training exercise, and take it out with a helicopter because there's just it's impossible to get to. So we'll see how it goes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's what I've been. I have dealing one with. more thing we could talk about. If All you right. Want. Just... What do you got, Zach? So let's see. Nope. There it is. Why is it not show? There we go. So the U.S. will provide cluster bombs to Ukraine as part of new military aid package, says I the AP. war crimes with the side of military aid. Yeah. So we're going to send an aid package worth up to $800 million 
which will, I guess, involve cluster bombs, which, you know, can often be these baseball sized little things that are unexploded and will later be discovered after the war is over or after troops have left the area and will lead to all sorts of unintended consequences. Yes, they are generally considered war crimes at this point, and uh, it's great being on the side committing this. Why do we even have them? It's like, just in case we want to commit a war crime, we have these on hand. Well, chemical weapons are also a war crime, and I saw an article today saying U.S. plans on, on uh, you know, taking getting rid of the rest of its chemical weapons supply, and it's like, <laughs> why do we have that? We're going to get rid of them by using them and sending them to Ukraine. That's how we're going to get rid of them. Yeah, and nearly worked in Syria, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Assad gas mm-hmm. his own people. You remember that? <laughs> Just when we were about to pull out. How convenient. Uh, would do something crazy. like that. <laughs> Such a bummer he did that. Oh, man. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't care for that whatsoever. I mean, if there wasn't already enough reasoning to assume that the U.S. is act- actively involved in the war, the fact that we're sending them p- potential war crimes, like, what... I don't understand. It's sometimes this stuff just leaves me speechless. And I like, there's just no, no, I don't know. It's idiotic. That's all I got. What do y'all got? Anything? (laughs) Sorry. I think we were trying to end on a funny bit and then I brought up cluster bombs. (laughs) Yeah. It's not quite, quite funny. (laughs) I don't have it brought up, but apparently, uh, apparently the Navy on the 4th of July Made a made a bit of a mistake when they tweeted out their "Happy Fourth of July," and uh, used the silhouette of a Russian warship and Russian warplanes, uh, with a uh, sailor shown saluting it. Okay, and that's, that's caused a bit of a uh, yeah, <laughs> for a little bit of lightheartedness. That once again, the uh, Department of Defense has no idea what they're doing about anything. <laughs> How do we trust these people with our quote unquote defense? All right. Well, that's that's perfect. That's a good enough ending for me. Do we have anything else that we need to talk about? There we go. U.S. Navy is getting roasted for tweeting a poster of a Russian warship and Soviet fighter <laughs> jets in a happy 4th of July post. My gosh. <laughs> Idiots. Yeah, I mean, scroll down and show it. Yeah, where is it? Scroll down. Let's see it. I want to see it. what what were they thinking they weren't like most other things that the the dod does that is ridiculous goodness gracious all right well that's all i've got for this week y'all um let's uh yeah if you if you you know found any of this interesting if you're still watching bravo to you um, cause we've gone, we've hit a bunch of topics tonight. Uh, make sure you like the video, um, subscribe to all of our channels, go subscribe on rumble because tonight's episode will definitely get us, you know, something. I don't know what it'll get us. Hit that notification bell just in case we don't get kicked off though. Even if you hit the notification bell, I guarantee you we're shadow banned in some way, shape or form guaranteed. We get, oh. it's. It's astounding how many, like, how much fewer views we get from YouTube than we get from Rumble. It's astounding. It's like hundreds of, of views compared to Rumble. Um, so, yeah, go check out our Rumble channel. 
again, you can listen to this podcast if you don't have time to watch it. Um, you can listen to it on all the podcast platforms. Uh, don't forget about Range Day on, what was it, July 26th? Saturday, July 26th, 11 to 3 um, at Osprey Shooting Solutions um, in Rome, Georgia. So make sure you go check that out. Um, it'll be a It'll be a great time. Sadly, I will not be able to join yet again. Hopefully, I can go to the next one. Um, it's the 29th. 29th. That's my bad. July 29th. So it's in yeah. a few weeks. It's not too far Look away. Look for it on the front page of LP Georgia. Heck yeah. There's a link right. right up at the top. All right, y'all. Well, thank y'all so much for, for tuning in to our podcast, to our show. Nick, Zane, Zach. Thank y'all for coming in. We, uh, you know, would have had a super skeleton crew if Zach hadn't hopped on as a producer. <laughs> no Alden, no Steve this week. Alden's actually coming to visit me tomorrow. So I'm pretty stoked about that in Montana. So, all right, y'all. Well, tune in to the free Georgia podcast on Tuesdays. Come back next week, 8 p.m. Eastern for Liberty Libations. Oh, By the way, last free Georgia podcast was great. So props oh. to you, Jake. That was so cool. Thanks to everybody who made that happen. Because yeah. you guys had a band in a studio, mm -hmm. like playing songs, doing interview. That was so cool. So go check Heck that yeah. out. Heck yeah. Yeah. Bib City Ramblers joined the last uh, podcast, played a four song set. It was fantastic. They have great music. Um, go check out that podcast and go check out their music. They're awesome. All right, y'all. Thank y'all for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Peace.